0: Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Pill Podcast by Flanguin. In this episode, we're joined by Vivian Full. Vivian is a wonderful creative from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, who I've known for around 10 years now. And she never fails to amaze me with her positivity, her curiosity, and her talent. And now you can get to know her a little bit too. Enjoy. Oh, and uh, don't forget to follow us on all the social medias. At Flanguin. At Flenguin. Enjoy. Hello, how are you? Sorry, we got off to a weird start. <laughs> no, question? you're
1: fine. I'm so good. How are you?
0: I'm well. I'm well. I um yeah, I've I, I'm just so happy to be speaking to you. I mean I haven't spoken to you in ages, so this is like super cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been forever.
0: How are you though? How is everything?
1: Good. Things are good. Definitely it's been a crazy year, huh? Oh yeah. Things are good. Hanging in there and very grateful to be busy and working. Um so what is know. it
0: what is it that you're doing at the moment?
1: I'm working for a director right now, um, and I'm working as her assistant. So that's been really nice to still be able to be active um, and doing stuff like that. And then hoping hoping to be back in London in March.
0: And so when did you go back to Vancouver?
1: Crazy thing is, so I finished, I graduated from Drama Center in January of 2020, and then um, decided to come home for two reasons, to see all my friends and family. And also to activate my work visa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I came yeah. back from January to March. I had a flight on March 27th, 2020, back to London. And wow. we all know what happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, things have um, been interesting since then. So, so you just decided to stay in Vancouver then, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, not, and it wasn't a permanent thing. It was like, obviously staying until... Um, I could kind of figure out the situation in London, right, and, and Vancouver, obviously, and just kept staying because, (laughs) because, you know, restrictions and lockdowns and everything got extended. And there were actually a couple times I was supposed to try to go back to the UK for a couple jobs, actually. And obviously, last minute, just was like, it's a lot to try to like maneuver traveling during the pandemic you know what I mean it's just oh yeah oh
0: yeah but how is it in Vancouver Have they kind of got it a bit more under control than the the shit show that is in the UK (laughs) by any chance
1: oh gosh Uh, oh I mean better than the UK I don't know if I can use the word better like obviously we have less cases but it's just a smaller city so there's a lot of that um we're not in a lockdown situation but lots of restrictions like it's the same kind of thing I think like you can't go in someone else's household or like, um, you can only, you can only meet people. I, I'm always confused by restrictions. You can't go into each other's houses, but you can meet at the bar. Like, okay, sure.
0: Yeah. That, yeah.
1: That's what it I, is here. And it's very confusing to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's money over public health, isn't it? A lot of the time. Um, yeah. and, and there's a lot of money in alcohol and but- <laughs> food and all those sorts of things um, oh,
1: yes and it keeps those biz- businesses open which is great obviously
0: um of course of course but i mean i don't know it's i i, I think people should be staying inside as much as they can uh, oh my god of course
1: Absolutely. yeah
0: don't know about you but i haven't really surfaced out of my my own little house here um for A while now (laughs) it's been a while obviously i go to the shops and i'm fortunate enough to be with my girlfriend and stuff here um but it's
1: still
0: right i've moved now i've moved um so i've moved to the midlands to to work at warts and all with chris okay um and so yeah so i'm in a little place called market harbour right now which oh. if uh, you, you've probably never heard of that before right <laughs>
1: <It's>... <laughs> i try to feign interest ah yes
0: <laughs> oh yes Mark it hard, no, yeah it's uh, it's uh i tell you what it's 45 minutes away from stratford stratford upon avon okay, you know we're... where we watched uh where we watched what was it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Merchant of Venice with Patrick Stewart years ago. Uh that uh, was, that was oh it. Oh gosh,
1: yes. I still love that whole I actually reminisce on that experience all the time. Just like the the exchange programme that we did. You know, yeah, I mean? should
0: we should we talk about it a bit? Should we talk about it? Um, uh, I mean,
1: do
0: you wanna kind of explain it from your side of how how it was, I guess?
1: Sure, sure, sure. So It was a a, community children's theater in Calgary um, that I had been performing with when I was like, I don't know, I think probably 13, 14, 15 kind of onwards. Um, And it's so random to find that in such a small town, but they were doing an exchange program with a group of kids in the UK. And we were like, heck yeah, we're in. And so it was like, I remember we had to audition, I think we had to do an audition and an interview gosh this was so many years ago this mm-hmm. was like over a decade ago um yeah and audition and an interview and then they chose 12 kids i think from my side something i think so right something yeah like that. i think
0: it was around oh it was it was around oh, no like, yeah. wait
1: wrong nine oh you, nine, you
0: you had less yeah and we had yeah, yeah, so a couple more nine, kids
1: you guys have 12 kids um and they just kind of and well we did like a lot of like like device work and just like improvisation. Like I, I loved it. I realized that that's, we were so lucky as kids. Do you really like, mm-hmm. think about that? We, were like, we got that kind of like exploration and just like space to play at such a, such a young age. Um, but yeah, we, we created our own piece here in Canada and then we were told that this mysterious group of children in the UK were doing the same thing and that they would be flying in in two weeks. Um, and yeah, we, I think we did Skype calls, right?
0: I think we did like a... Uh, I'm pretty sure there was like a Skype... Yeah, when Skype was a thing, <laughs> uh, we checked in on Skype to say like a brief wave hello. But I mean, yeah. that no, was... That was it really before we kind of then came over and stayed in your houses
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically and like um we knew who our partners were i think we did we knew that before and then yeah we had our pieces and showed up to the airport and found you guys and then and yeah i mean like i remember we had so much just like time to like create as Mm -hmm. like these like young adults which I just am like, I'm so grateful for that. Cause I'm now, <laughs> I'm maybe, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but like now you look back on it and we're like, I don't have the time to do that. And it was so exciting to have, been able to just, you know, explore and like experiment. Um,
0: yeah. And I think for me, like it's, it's interesting because that was the first bit of like theater acting, anything that i had ever done in my life. So mm-hmm. like I, I hadn't, I hadn't even considered it before. Um, I did like drama at school or whatever, but it wasn't it it wasn't a thing. And my mom actually forced me to go to that audition because <laughs> we had to audition for for our side, which is true. I'm um, so curious
1: what it was from your end.
0: Yeah, so we we had to audition, and and it was like a very crisp audition. It was like. Devi- uh, devising in the space and writing down your feelings and all this sort of stuff on massive pieces of paper and working with groups and um and working with all the other young people and then the 12 of us got selected from however many groups um of young people that kind of turned up for this thing but um but I didn't really want to do it until until like I was accepted onto it and my my mom was like you're doing it and uh yeah, thank God for my mom for, for telling me to do it because it was incredible. And it was also, it was like £100 for us to go because it was obviously subsidized by, yeah. by Arts Council or whoever it was subsidized from. Honestly, um, that,
1: how incredible is that if you think about it? You literally oh, got really? to go in exchange to Canada for, I mean, that amount of money and also just like out of all the people that you kind of like, all of your school friends that you auditioned. And you know what I mean? I was like, that's such a huge oh, thing on yeah. your end.
0: Unreal, unreal. Um, but but yeah, I just remember coming to Canada and just falling in love with it and seeing all of your amazing houses and all of your amazing, just everything. Everything was just incredible.
1: Sure. I was going to say, from, from your group of kids, you're the one that's come back the most, I think.
0: Yeah, I've been back five or six times, yeah. So yeah,
1: I don't think anyone else
0: But <laughs> obviously, I, I still speak to, to Ben quite regularly. So.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like that's, obviously sister hope um and yeah i mean it's it's kind of funny if you think about it i'm like i forget that we've known each other since we were like kids such a strange thing i feel like i know you so well as who you are now and all of your accomplishes um, accomplishments and successes now you know what i mean
0: (laughs) yeah it's cool it's really really cool but um but yeah so that's kind of that's how we met i guess but um but what i want to talk about is um, i want to talk more about you and not more about me i want to find out about you okay and um, which is why you're here so basically this uh this whole podcast series is so i get to meet at uh, meet i get to know uh, my friends a little bit more and mm-hmm. um, so even though we've known each other for all of these all of these years and um, i i don't know no know, know you so i want to know no know, know you i want to start with your childhood can you tell me about your childhood and where you grew up.
1: Yes. So I live in Vancouver now, but I'm from Calgary, hence how we met. Um, and it's so interesting. I realized it because I've lived in such big cities now to me, Calgary, I call it like a small town. And I think to, to be honest, I think it is to a lot of people, like at least very much in the arts industry, very limited Opportunities and and at least I'll be. I mean, since we're we're really getting into it, right? <laughs> but like at least when I was growing up in Calgary in the arts, there was not a lot of diversity, and there was not a lot of opportunity if you were, you know, any anything other than white. And I'm just gonna mm. be very honest. But I was I can't I I was just one of those like artsy kids, and I really mean that from like a very young age, um, and. I think I started getting into acting when I was like 12. And it was, I think it was very similar to you, like drama camps and like starting to do like recreational theater, like getting into it. Um, And like, I'm very, very grateful to have been able to like play with CYPT. I mean, I still feel like things were very, very limited in a lot of ways, which I just felt growing up in Calgary. Um, so then I actually started to apply to, uh, performing arts high schools, um, which is basically drama school for teenagers. Um, cause I don't know if you kind of remember how I was actually going to school in the States and then I came yes. home in the summers. And so that was actually true. So I was, I went to a boarding school in the States in, um, just outside of, uh, like by Michigan. And, um, and it was this amazing boarding school in this, in the woods. It was I like reflect on that a lot too that was like i've been to a lot of drama schools now um that's probably still one of my like favorite magical experiences um it was called the interlocking arts academy and yeah we were freshman to senior so that's like i think 14 15 to like 18 something like that and it was a performing arts boarding high school and we did everything we had sing we had musical theater class and like oh gosh we had like acting for shakespeare we had i'm trying to remember some. we had world theater we had like devised works and like you got cast in shows and stuff um and it was an amazing very magical experience for sure and then as you know in the summers or like spring break and christmas i went home to calgary and that's how i did the exchanges with you guys and i mean i think i think these are all very important experiences because i think it's very relevant to the work that i do now very much when I was at boarding school as well, in this teeny tiny town in the woods. That's honestly where we went to school. Um, It was definitely very hard in terms of like, honestly, finding opportunities still like casting opportunities, you know, every drama school does their like productions. And, and I mean, I had a very hard time getting cast when I was at that boarding school, which was like, obviously frustrating. And and you know what's crazy? Like, I look back on it. I was talking about this with someone else as well, but I was like, a lot of the things that I think I went through is when I was younger, and also a lot of people went through when they were younger, those things would just not fly now, like, at all. Like, we did a, pro- <laughs> we did a production my senior year of Miss Saigon, and one of the Asian roles went to someone that was white, and I didn't get it, <laughs> mind you. And I just look at it now, and I'm like, that kind of casting, like, we, we made it feel okay. 10 years ago or how many years ago, you know what I mean? But like, if you saw in the news now, like high school production does Miss Saigon with white lead, you would be like, what? (laughs) Like that's concerning. So that was, and that was a very real experience I had in high school. And I remember it being so confusing because I remember me trying to like, I remember everyone trying to justify it to me. And I was kind of sitting there being like, okay, I think I get it. Like, I think I, I get what, cause I asked my teachers, I said, why didn't I get the role? And I don't remember, I actually don't remember the, what they told me, but I remember not accepting that answer. Just being like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like I trained as a singer, I trained as a dancer and an actor. Like I have the skill sets to do the job. And <laughs> I'm, I am Vietnamese. So it was like, I was like, it made so much sense for that. Right. Um, and so it, I think that's kind of what, what really like, encouraged me and inspired me to like keep having a very diverse um range of education as an artist because you know I went to um Royal Scottish after um in Glasgow um Royal Conservatory of Scotland. Um it was Royal Scottish when I applied. That's why I think it's funny. Yeah <laughs> it like changed, it
0: changed a couple of times I think
1: I know I know <laughs> I was like I forget what people think it is now. Um and then, so I got in for BA acting, and you know what? Also, like, as you know, I went. I've now done RCS and Drama Centre. Like, I start. I think a lot of that was because I went to the UK when I was so young, and I remember being blown away by you guys, truly. And I was like, <laughs> I want to be as good as them. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I remember thinking that. I think that's why I'm so like drawn to the UK still, as an adult.
0: Why did you decide to um to go to RCS?
1: So I applied. I applied, oh my gosh, this was how intense my boarding school was. But I applied, I think, to like 15, 16 drama schools and all around the world. Yeah, but all around the world, like I think I did one in Canada, the majority were in the States and then I did, I think I did one or two in the UK. I think I had something like that and I think RCS very luckily, like I feel like I'm also saying things. I'm like, am I allowed to say this? But they, they kind of always accepted a student from my boarding school every year. It was like a unspoken tradition or something. I don't know because also every BA acting class usually had about four North Americans, give or take. So one of them would almost always be from the school that I went to because I did go to like a renowned boarding school. Um, So I knew, Students every year that went, and you know what I mean. Since I was like, um, I went to the sophomore into boarding school, so then obviously I talked a lot to them, and they raved about the program, and you know they were like, it's like amazing, and culture shock, and like all these things, and and I really mean it. Like it's a RCS itself is a very well known drama school, so I knew about it way before I applied, um, and I was comparing it it was comparing it with some of the university schools that I'd gotten into in like, um, in America, uh, because there were a lot that I like took very seriously and like, and truly also I got like a couple full rides, which I, I don't regret that. I'm like, I still wanted the experience I wanted. Um, and in the end, like after comparing programs and hearing student feedback, and honestly the fact that I just wanted to live and travel, <laughs> I was like, Glasgow feels right it always felt right like it was very high on my list to begin with and then when i actually got in i was like oh shit
0: (laughs) that's brilliant that's brilliant and then so how long were you at rcs for
1: i had just done my first year and then um a little bit just i had been auditioning i've always been auditioning like had an agent um i was in like called back for this really big show and like the callbacks were in Toronto. And like, after just a bit of talking with my agent and my family, we were like, you're at a good age to kind of audition and work, I think. And also, and this is true, is I absolutely adored my training at RCS. It was incredible. I realized at some point that I wanted, like some point through that training that I didn't actually want to work on stage and that I wanted to work in film almost exclusively. And that's very true. And and that being said, I have so many incredible classmates that are doing brilliant work in film. So, you know what I mean? I was like, they have very well the means of training. It was something that I had just decided that, you know, you have an agent, you can audition, you're working and you're... And I knew that if I continued with the three year BA, there a lot, it was stage specific, um, which I just, personally decided I didn't want to work on stage anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I dropped out before second year and they were very sweet. Like they gave me the option. They gave me the option to essentially make it like a deferred year. Like they were like, if you want to come back, you can join with the, you can be a second year with the upcoming second years. So you wouldn't be with your class anymore. But, and it was something I'd always considered. I like was like, great, we'll always have that uh, move to Vancouver with no friends, no job, no place. It was like, <laughs> I was 19. It was like the quintessential actor story. But li- yeah, cause my family's not in Vancouver, but Vancouver, like Vancouver is like the LA of Canada. It's just where you would go. I would never go back to Calgary. So yeah, I went to Vancouver, started auditioning, didn't get that call back, but flew all the way to Toronto for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know what, I honestly like, I, it totally hurts in the moment i've learned to like find the silver lining in the rejections in the sense of your experience and the growth you're going to have as an artist and as a person i think that stuff is so important and it hurts i know it totally hurts but i have started to embrace that um you know i mean we get rejected in this industry more than we're going to get the job or get that offer uh yeah i started auditioning in vancouver and very luckily was like getting callbacks and then i actually booked my first job um later that year and then after that i f- was very grateful i just kind of was consistently booking things and working and like and don't get the wrong idea i was still like a server <laughs> i was like you had your night job and your day job like but i i was very happy to be like oh great i'm building things on my resume like this is so exciting and like made a lot of my friends and just like a lot of that like really exciting like i booked this um like disney rl stein Like, do you remember rl stein from goosebumps
0: yes yeah 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 i did yeah
1: he like wrote like scary stories for kids yeah um i grew up loving goosebumps it was like a tv show at least on on whatever our channels were and um the book series and I think, I think I booked that when I was, like, maybe 20 or something. I, and I booked it with one of my best friends. Um, but, yeah, they were doing they were doing an adaptation of one of his books. And it was actually, like, the third sequel <laughs> to this movie. It's called, like, Mostly Ghostly. Um, and um, I, I booked it, and it was one of my – it was biggest job I've ever had. And I just remember it being, like, super fun and amazing. And we were filming around Halloween. So I remember we got, like, free passes to go to the, like, Halloween – called playland here but it's like a it's like an alton towers it's like a yeah, yeah. amusement park and they did like, this halloween thing and i remember like it was so cool to be a part of this kind of like exciting cast and like you know franchise in a sense um and my girlfriend and i we still laugh about it now because now we're just getting older and i played a 14 year old <laughs> 20 true story
0: <laughs> well yeah but i mean that's that's all part of it isn't it that's all part of it yeah um, playing a variety of different ages um so so goosebumps are the sort of thing that you enjoyed when you were a kid what else did you enjoy in terms of like art and culture what got you into acting when you were a kid or what what got when did it start when did it start for you because you said you've always had it as a as a thing in your life I guess
1: no I totally did um so when I was young actually so my dad's a graphic designer and when I was young my dad was just like that my dad was that like, cool dad that was like, cool, here, like instead of playing catch or something, I'm gonna show you how to design things on Flash. <laughs> and I was like, great. So at a very young age, my dad was teaching me how to design graphics. And he's an artist, so like he was teaching me like drawing technique. Um and very early on, I had like decided I was like, I'm gonna be an animator. I'm gonna work for Disney and create animations. And I I was like so serious about it. I still love it now like i still play around with graphic design um but at like early early at least was like elementary school i wanted to be an animator so my parents actually sent me to animation camps every summer it was like a thing and like this this truly was how i discovered acting i think i made an animation in summer camp like you know a cute little animation and i loved it and my like we were supposed to voice all the characters. Well, like not us, but we were supposed to find our classmates to voice the characters, like make it a little, a proper animation. And I remember like I had, I had my different friends record, you know, these little animated voices. And I remember thinking, I was like, these are all so bad. So I <laughs> I decided to do all of them again myself. So I did all of the characters and I just did like, did them, you know, in goofy cartoon voices just for fun. Um, and then I remember when I was, we showed it and that's, that's why I presented and they had this like, you know, big presentation at the end of camp and all the parents watched it. And I remember so many people came up to me and they were like, Oh my God, the voices were so perfect. Like your animation had like the best like voices. And my mom even said that to me and my mom, like for me, will always be like my harshest critic. <laughs> always, always, always. And so she was like, that's actually, that was really, really good. And I was like, that was me. And my mom was like, Oh really? And so she started to put me, she was like, do you, did you like it? And I kind of was like, I think I did. And so she started putting me in, like, if you remember Epcor Centre, that's where we, I think that's where we had rehearsals and stuff.
0: I th- well, I remember the building that we had rehearsals in. I don't remember it being called anything in particular. Though. <laughs> it was,
1: was called something. Um, yeah, no, my parents started putting me in summer camps for acting and stuff. And I loved it. I remember the first one I had was like a musical theatre camp. That was also how I discovered musical theater and was like, mm. I like this, like singing and dancing and acting. And cause that's also true at the start of my, I guess, career, I wanted to pursue musical theater. That was, that was what I wanted to do. And then eventually that turned into rep theater, which eventually turned into just film acting, which now is film acting and film directing. Um, and I am okay with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what, what made the, uh, how did you make the transition into directing then where did that come from
1: yeah well i mean we've talked about it a bit now just how i've always felt about the lack of representation in this industry very much so and it it it's one of those things that like i never i didn't even think that i could do anything about it because i i never considered anything other than acting And I was like, as an actor, there's nothing I can do except get the roles, but that's hard. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and that's relevant. So during my couple years in Vancouver, just auditioning and working and auditioning and working was great. And I've, you know, I've said I'm super, you know, happy about the work that I've had to do and gotten to do. Um, I definitely was reaching a point where I was like, is this all, and I'll, let me tell you, like I was going out for the best friend, just always. I was always going out for that ethnic best friend or the super smart like, you know, super smart character in the office that like they clearly wanted to be Asian or that like I was getting very pigeonholed and stereotypes, which a lot of people have, um, have expressed, especially with people being a lot more vocal in the industry now. And I was frustrated. I was like, I was like we need to change how we see things. The ingenue does not always have to be blonde. Like the lead doesn't always have to be white or, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's, that is how I felt. And it was so frustrating. And and I have other friends in the Vancouver industry in the film industry that are, you know, like black or like Hispanic. And, and we've all expressed that we were like, yeah, we don't get to go out for the really great lead roles. We don't and the Vancouver film industry is also very interesting in its own way um we people film in Vancouver and obviously a lot of that's changing with covid but it's still relevant like a lot of american productions film in canada because it's cheaper and there's the tax incentive so they will they tend a lot to cast big shows out of like LA and then bring those casts to Vancouver so we kind of fill in like their other roles, you know what I mean? Like we fill in their episodes or we fill in that small guest star, but like you won't really be getting those like huge character arcs that you want um, or don't want, I guess. But yeah, I was frustrated. And I, I actually took this, I went backpacking. I don't even know if we were friends or if we had communicated at this point. I went backpacking by myself in um southeast asia so i went to china i volunteered at an orphanage in china because i'm chinese and vietnamese and to me it was it was another one of those things where culturally i was very i'm still very confused you know what i mean born and raised in canada but has all of this history that you know i only get told in stories um because it's just something that's truly very important to me and like um you know the feature that i'm working on right now it's about the vietnam war like these are the things that i i find so interesting anyways i would never been to asia my whole life and i remember someone said that to me at an audition actually it was a strange comment but they were like you know you're it's gonna sound awful i don't <laughs> he said to me you know you're not really asian until you go to asia and i don't think it, it sounds very off but it meant something to me because i was like i've never been so I backpacked China and Vietnam and I did volunteer work in China. And then I backpacked North to South Vietnam. Um, and it was the most amazing experience. Someone stole my backpack. I got mugged, loved it. It was just that's one it. of those things. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was one of those things where you just go like, yep, that's backpacking by yourself. That's what you get. And I loved it. It was like the most amazing and terrifying experience. Um, And then it was when I got back after that trip that I had just, I came back to Vancouver and I remember feeling like, I was like, this is so like every, the world is actually so big. (laughs) And I was like, I haven't like, I feel like I, I thought I knew a lot and I thought I'd seen a lot because I've traveled and gone to a lot of schools at a young age, but I was like, no, you haven't (laughs) at all. And I just was, I was like, there are so many stories I want to tell from like my Experience traveling in Asia, especially because a lot of my experience was being someone that looks Asian, but all the locals knew that all the locals were like, "You're not from here," and it was such a fascinating experience. And I was like, "I want to create that. I want to. I want to make more content." And like, if you think about, like, think about things like um, I don't know if you've seen it, but like the farewell, or even like the the farewell with Lucy um, Wong, Lulu Wong, and or even Crazy Rich Asians. Like a lot of these projects came into the world and like, and changed the scene. It changed the atmosphere of what film is. Um, so I kind of was like, I want to make, I want to make films, and I want to make films that tell stories that are that are so important that need to be told. Um, so looked around, found a couple programs that kind of. Um, made sense and like at the time i was still very much like my way into directing is going to be through acting i oh i mean you kind of know this i've never directed anything in my life <laughs> but i was like i want to learn um i just didn't have that backbone to do it yet so i found a screen program at drama center london and it was like in the there it's a split course in a sense but there's the acting and the directing programs but they're all under the same umbrella. And at the time I had auditioned for the acting one because you got to still make films in the course. It made sense to me at the time. Like I was like, "Great. Like I'll get acting training and I'll get to like, you know, still work on uh like my own films and like write," which is very true. Like if you were an actor on my course, which was MA Screen, you could do that. So that was what I auditioned for cuz you knew this. I think you know the story. And that is how we had our grand reunion in where did we meet? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um,
0: it was in some... Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. in With Hope and Barney. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Such a lovely and random reunion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was beautiful.
1: I loved it. I loved it. But yeah, so I had decided, I was like, I am going to do this MA Screen Acting Program because they have the option of creating work and, like, directing and writing. And I was like, great, perfect. You know, did all my application stuff, got invited for it and interview and like went and did my first interview which was like presenting two monologues, two contrasting monologues from I think it was supposed to be from film and then an interview portion and that was great and did my pieces, super proud, had that single tear. <laughs> um, and then during the interview process which was so interesting because they have your resume like you give them your resume, they have your full application, They the first thing that um i remember the lead adjudicator said to me he was like why do you want to do this course and i remember he ended up being one of my teachers but i remember just being like i was like why why is that the first question you've asked me (laughs) shouldn't it be why did you choose these pieces or like but he was like why do you want to go in this course and the way he asked it i knew he it was very like i was like um because i want to and i said my spiel you know want to keep learning want to like. Get back into a bit of training and you know work in film and get into like a little bit more work behind the camera and he was like okay that's fine he was he mentioned it he was like i don't know if you're gonna like this course because essentially in their wording they were like the course is for people that haven't actually worked in film and i should also clarify sorry i i qualified for the ma be, even though i didn't finish my ba because i had professional experience so that was my thing so i kind of said it that way i was like oh i mean okay, well, I just, I never finished my, you know, bachelor's. So I kind of figured I'm at the same like level and I am, I still see it that way. But basically he was, he kept reiterating. He's like, I just don't think you're going to like this course. I think you'll be bored. But, and he was like, you're obviously, he was like, we don't really even need to talk about your audition. Like it's a good audition. There's your pieces are good. You're clearly like, you know how to act. Um, he, and it was so funny. I remember all of this. He was like, yeah, I'll give you the recall if you want it. And I remember being like, I, I want the recall, (laughs) such a strange and truly he became one of my teachers and we had a great relationship. Um, just, and I, now that he's been my, um, tutor, like I know exactly this is just his personality, but at the time for someone meeting for the first time, I was like, I was like, this man does not like me. I was like, I was like, yeah, I want the recall. Thank you. You get the point. Got the recall two days later. And I came back in and this was with the course leader and same thing did my pieces and the course leader he he was like he he brought up the same kind of thoughts he just he said it he was like i i just feel like you might be a bit bored with the course like and to some degree yes and no like it was starting very from the basics with film so like literally don't look down the barrel (laughs) like very simple and so they were like you've literally done movies and you know spots on tv shows like you might not you just might not feel like you're going to get much out of this. And I've always said my pieces and I feel this way still, you just will never stop learning. It's never a bad thing to go back in training. Also that being said, training is not always the way to go. Like this industry is, I love how universal it is. There's no right way to do any of it. But I had expressed, I was like, I want to go back to training. I just, I very much do. And I, and I said to him, I said, I chose your course because there are other screen courses in like MA screen courses in well, the UK. But I was like, I chose your course because in your program description, you write that, you know, the actors, too, will get to create like projects and create like, you know what I mean? And he was like, that's true, just not as much as the directing course will. And he was like, have you considered the directing course? And I said, yes, I've only ever directed once in my life. And that was like when I was 15, it was a one act play. Like, I was like, I don't have a lot of experience as a director. And I remember he was like, okay, well, the person after you is coming in for a directing audition. So we already have like, you know, we're kind of set up for that. So why don't you take 30 minutes? He gave me a script, which was in Bruges, And he said, take 30 minutes <laughs> and come back in and direct the scene. Cause basically they gave, they had two actors that you would direct. And that was literally the directing recall. And I was like, uh, okay. goes into hallway, sits on floor and was like Googling like as much as I could about, I actually had not seen Imbridges at that point. So I was like Googling the film and I was like, okay, okay, okay. What's happening? And like, I, I annotated it as an actor would, but I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think the interesting thing about how I directed is I come from the perspective of how I would do it as an actor. And then I try to make that an open space for the, for my actual actors to work with. Um, so I did all of my work, had my 30 minutes, and then I went in and directed those two actors. And I don't, I because I remember not knowing the film. So the scene I had decided to make them like in like the morning after. So I had them in like a bed and like kind of had them in that kind of intimacy. Um, which I found out later was actually not how the scene was. I think it wasn't. And then, but the course leader was like, no one had ever done that. He was like, that was actually very interesting. And he was like, the way you work with actors, like, I think it's important. And you know, you work in the industry yourself, but like um, just being very open, you know, to kind of enabling them and giving them their space to work and like all that. Um, So I did that. (laughs) went well and basically we had our I remember the last couple of things he said to me because we had a mini interview after but he was like he was like I think you can do this and you have like you're good at it you have a, whatever gift for it and he was like what do you want to do he was like do you want to act or direct and that was literally the question he asked me he was like I will give you a spot on whichever course you want and I chose directing and the rest is history
0: that's amazing though, and. Uh... And so, what did you learn at at, at drama school in directing?
1: A lot. Um, I mean, we started from everything, from like technical, like from the technical basis to like script writing to like working with like your DOP. Um, the good thing is, like, I do, I've always felt pretty comfortable on set, just given the amount of experience I have and all that. So that was kind of my leg up in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, and drama center is trauma center (laughs) i don't know if you've ever heard that it was insane like i remember some days i had classes from like i think nine to eight like big days and then you would show back up the next day for nine um it was incredible it was very very hard and i'm also very, I'm choosing my words carefully, but there were also a lot of experiences, again, racially, that were very prevalent. That also kind of was surprising. Um, And it, if anything, though, it gives me a little bit more encouragement to keep, to keep uh, pushing the kind of work that I want to direct and write. Because I don't, and I actually don't know if I've ever shared it with you, but my graduate film, which very happily is in festivals right now and winning awards. Very grateful. Um, it's, a, it's about mental health. And, you know, I had, I remember even when I was making that, like when I pitched it, my producers were like, no, don't make a film about mental health. Like, you know, it might, it's just not going to bode well. And people aren't really like, people might not like it if you do it wrong. It was interesting. Cause I mean, I had, if it really was up to me and I had the availability, availability with my casts, I would have done something, I think, a lot more diverse, which wasn't the option, which is why I chose mental health. But even that, like, I found it very interesting how I was, you know, being, being told not to do things like that, mm. you know, which is interesting because you're like, I feel like I need to tell the stories that need to be told. And that's still how I feel about, like, you know, racial issues and the climate of the world right now.
0: But so all of those experiences. What what's the difference between what you've learned on the job versus what you've learned in drama school?
1: Ah, that's a good one. I was gonna say yes, definitely. My experience as an actor is what's gotten me was definitely like what got me the spot because he kind of, because I had no experience, you know, and nothing very relevant. But as a director, but as an actor, all of my set experience counted, which was great. I think. Because I, and I've worked since, like I did um, a web series and this is after graduation. I did a web series and I did a music video and hoping to do another music video soon. Like I've worked, i have very, like I said, been grateful and been able to work. And I think coming out of school, you realize, you realize as a director, no one is going to be easy on you which I think in school, I, was, I didn't realize that then. Like even my graduate film, um, which is I think one of my proudest works still, like everyone was very gentle with me. And I didn't realize that at the time because coming out and now having worked professionally as a director, I realized <laughs> like people are a lot harder on you, the crew, your producers, the clients. Um, I think that was something I didn't quite realize nor do I think I was prepared for it. It was one of those things I had to just learn and realize and like, because I did a music video here um, for an artist. Her song was in—I don't know if Netflix is the old guard.
0: I've seen it advertised. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, for that film. So her song is the main title song, and they wanted a music video that came out around the same time, like inspired by the movie, and came out around the time of the film coming out for you know all the exposure. And the song was huge. Um, So I was very grateful that I got to direct that music video. And it was so fun that, because it's based in a comic, me and my DOP were trying to bring in as much inspiration from the actual comic book as we could, as well as from the film and the palette and everything. But that was a very difficult experience. Again, I'm Mm -hmm. very careful with my words. Um, But there was a lot of, there was a lot of conflicting opinions that i don't think i experienced as much in drama school as a director because in drama school as a director your your pieces are your pieces do you know what i mean so my grad film at the end of the day it's going to be whatever vivian does decide if she wants red or if she wants blue like and i coming to this music video it made me realize i had to really stand up on my feet in a way that i hadn't before especially because it was it was a lot of conflicting opinions from departments that had no right in giving that you know suggestion stuff like that and it was interesting because i think and i oh gosh i mean this is something i've experienced as a director truly and a little bit in school too i think when people first see me and meet me they get a very different impression of who i am i mean i'm a very petite tiny woman there are not a lot of women (laughs) directing and I think I felt a lot of that, I felt a bit of that in school, in drama school. I felt a lot of that in the professional world, and that's true. I've, I don't know, a lot of my decisions as a director get second-guessed, and it's, and you're, you're, it's hard to explain. You're like, no, trust me on this. Like, I do know what I'm doing, and I have a reason for why I'm suggesting what I'm suggesting, because that's very true, like. I was
0: going to say, yeah, you're very qualified. You're very good. Just trust (laughs) me. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. But it's very interesting because I was like, I felt that more in the professional world, just appearances. And I, I, I don't mean for that to sound any sort of way, but it's like, I think people look at me and they think that I'm one type of person. And also I should say, like, I think it's because people know I come from an acting background. I think people get the wrong impression that I'm just an actor who decided to like make a couple films, and, like, and it's so hard. and it's something I'm still discovering now, anyways, how I want to deal with those conflicts, and it's not stuff that I shy away from. Like I'm being trying to be very candid with you and just being like, yeah, I've in my career I've had a lot of like, you know, I've or prejudice against literally my race and also being a woman, being a young woman, which is luckily changing
0: hopefully well that's uh, we've all got to try and be part of the change um, which leads me on to my my final thing i guess is uh, what are you what are you working on now if you're allowed to talk about it um, and what do you want to work on in the future
1: um well right now just finishing up my work for this director but i am I am moving to London in March for a couple of reasons, actually, but can't say too much and also don't want to, but uh, potentially working on a series, um, I just have a small part and something filming at the end of March. I'm very excited about that. And, uh, and then I'm directing, hopefully directing a music video for an artist in London as well. So trying to tie up all of my loose ends here and finishing anything here and getting started in London. And, like, obviously my own projects that I'm still working on, like, I'm writing a feature and I'm still developing it. But very excited about a lot of those things.
0: Wow, it's so exciting. It's really, really good. Um, And where can everyone keep in touch with you and your work? Where can everyone follow you?
1: Yes, I would say my Instagram, which is vivfull. And also, like, my IMDB is always being updated. So that's, if you want to actually know my work, that's probably a good
0: place as well amazing amazing well thank you so much for joining me
1: no thank you for having me thank you for facilitating such a great chat